T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. 108 years for the Cubs. Now the pitch. Swung and lined to deep left field. It is gone! Rajay Davis in the 2016 World Series. I was not happy. I don't know about you. I was not happy because uh, yeah, I know you were not. Nothing against Cleveland, but I was ready to get in the car and drive home. And I, I had not felt that way uh, during a game in a long, long time. I was on the air after our post game show, after Grody's post game show. That night, so I was. I know I called you on my drive back from yes, Cleveland the, <laughs> at like three in the morning. That's what the World Series and we're ripping Joe Madden. <laughs> what? What are we doing? That's how delirious we were at four a.m. Well, we had good reason to. In any case, um, that was a, a phenomenal call from Tom Hamilton, and that's not a surprise. Right now, let's go out to the score hotline where we're joined. By the aforementioned Tom Hamilton, the radio voice of the Indians for nearly 30 years, a certain future Hall of Famer at a time when there are so many boring play-by-play guys on radio and TV around the game. This guy is as exciting as they come. He joins us now on Hit and Run. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for being here. Well, good morning, guys. Thank you for the kind words. Don't deserve it, but uh, thank you very much. I'll hire you as my agent. Well, uh, I mean it. Um, I listen to a lot of games. I watch a lot of games. And uh, you you have an old-school feel in the sense that uh, you love broadcasting the game. You love getting excited. You root for your team, which is what you're supposed to do as a, as a hometown guy. Um, but you just – your passion – for the team and uh, your excitement in the calls, it's just it, there's just not a lot of it left. So I do appreciate it. Well, thank you. I I know how fortunate I am, and I just root for good baseball. I you know I I know I've been very blessed to have this job. I you know grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin, so for me to to have this job is more than winning the lottery. So if you can't get excited about doing this, then you need to look elsewhere, and uh, I'm not bailing hay anymore, so I'm I'm the lucky one, trust me. Well said. Let's talk about this team that you broadcast for. It, it's been um, 
it, it's there have been some trying times for sure, but in a, in a division where uh, the Indians haven't had to do a lot, they certainly seem to be getting it together. Although now you have the Encarnacion injury, uh, you had the Bauer getting hit by a line drive last night. But let's start with that rotation. How good is it? And uh, you know, with Bauer doing what he's doing, is does is this setting up for another great Indians run? Well, you know, it's a good question, and I think that's also the beauty of our game. Uh, to me, our October baseball has become much like college basketball's March Madness because it is so unpredictable. And just when you think you've got it figured out, um, you realize you don't know a thing. And uh, I'm talking about myself. I thought, you know, two years ago the club was sunk before it ever got to the playoffs because of the injuries to two dominant starters in Danny Salazar and Carlos Carrasco. And then, you know, Trevor Bauer gets hurt in the uh, playoffs of playing with that drone. And the next thing you know, you're down to Corey Kluber and Josh Tomlin, two starters, and you get to game seven of the World Series. So you never saw that coming. And then conversely, a year ago, you have a 22-game winning streak in August and September. But they were banged up again going into the playoffs last year. And it caught up to them last year, plus the Yankees played really well and, and beat the Indians in the division series. So I think on paper, if this club is healthy, I think they've got a ball club that is really built for October, and that is they not only have a dominant rotation, arguably as good as anybody's in the game, but now with the trade that they made with San Diego to get Brad Hand and Adam Simber, and with Andrew Miller coming back and starting to throw the ball like he has in the past, you know, now you've got a, a back end of the bullpen that you must have come October that allows you to win games from the sixth inning on. I think the other thing with this club offensively, they can manufacture runs. They don't just rely on the home run, not not leading the league in steals, and it's important in October to manufacture runs. But you know what? I still think it's going to come down to health. And, you know, riding the bus this morning to the ballpark, I mean, Trevor Bauer was – limping badly getting out of that bus. So, you know, <clears throat> I, you know, at least he's not in a cast because you didn't know if he broke that ankle last night with a bullet he took off of it from Jose Abreu. So that's how quickly all your fortunes can change with one pitch like that. But, you know, Trevor Bauer is certainly as dominant as any pitcher in the American League this year. And, you know, Corey Kluber has certainly proven what he is worth. So I I like this club's chances if they're healthy come October because I think they might be even better built for October than they are the regular season. Hmm. What did uh, they say about Bauer? I mean, do you know anything beyond what, what we heard uh, post game and that it's just a bruise? Do we know anything else? No, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance um, to visit with Tito yet. When I'm done with um, you folks, I'll go downstairs and we'll tape our pregame show and I'll get more from Tito then. But, you know, I, again, I guess I shouldn't read too much into it, but just seeing how he walked this morning, uh, I don't see how he can make his next start. But uh, I'll have a better feel for that, you know, around ten thirty, unfortunately. But uh, you know, Edwin Encarnacion, they did put on the disabled list. I think that's as much precautionary as anything. Um, but right now, the club is really banged up in the outfield. I I don't know if they're going to have to go out and get an outfielder because it sure does not sound like Leonis Martin, whom they acquired to play center field, is going to be back anytime soon. And Tyler Naquin, Lonnie Chisinau, and Bradley Zimmer are out, and all three may be done for the year. So I think that's the biggest need right now is somebody in that outfield. 
Wow. Tom, uh, you mentioned how unpredictable baseball is, and, and, and it's a changing game still. And Tito Francona was at, at the start of it with how he started to change things, how deal, you deal with a bullpen in the postseason. Uh, and, and you mentioned all those names with Alan Miller, you add in hand and Simber. Uh, do, do you have a grasp on what you think the roles will be once we get to the postseason, or does that depend on the next six weeks? Yeah, it's a great question. I I think the next six weeks will determine some of that. But I think the one thing about um, this bullpen, the beauty of this bullpen, and I can't speak for others, but I think all of us know, and you guys certainly know, there are certain bullpens where there's one guy that's the closer, end of story, and that guy is going to pitch the ninth inning, and he will not pitch any other part of the ballgame because either his ego won't allow it or he's not effective. The The thing that made the Indians so dangerous in 16 is the same thing that they have now with the addition of Brad Hand. There aren't many teams that literally have three legitimate closers in the bullpen, and the Indians do in Brad Hand, Andrew Miller, and Cody Allen. But more importantly, all three guys don't care how they're used. And that's remarkable in this day and age where numbers equals money, and all three of them have told Tito, use me how you see fit to win a ball game, whether it's me in the seventh inning or sixth inning or ninth inning. And so because of their unselfishness, I think what you just mentioned before, this thing will play itself out. And, you know, there are certain nights where the matchup may say, have a left-hander for the ninth inning. There are other nights, um, like, uh, you know, last night you have a right-hander in Cody Allen for that ninth inning but that flexibility but more importantly the willingness of those guys to do whatever it takes to win a game you don't have that all the time with a lot of bullpens this hour on hit and run is brought to you by david studenroth for cook county judge barry rosner joe ostrowski with you until noon here on the score visiting with the indians voice of uh the voice of the indians the indians voice the voice of the indians he's tom <laughs> hamilton sorry tom uh that's you know really not okay. that it's really not that complicated what uh, what's different about trevor bauer Ooh, it's a great question too um i don't know that it's i think it's his ability to i mean you talk about old school if he had his way there'd be no such thing as a pitch count he doesn't want to know how many pitches he's made he feels like he can make 200 pitches every time he goes out there. He feels like he could pitch in a four-man rotation with three days rest and still instead of four. Uh, boy, you like that. I mean, you you want a guy that wants the baseball, not a guy that goes, mm, boy, I, I can't have my you know routine changed up or I'm not going to be effective. Trevor just says, give me the ball whenever and I'll get it done. And, uh, you know, the other thing, guys, is, I mean, he's got – plus plus stuff i think sometimes he's drawn some attention for what he has said or maybe what he has tweeted or maybe uh the fact that you know he's a bright guy who um looks at things you know a little differently than other people and is willing to try different forms of keeping his arm in shape bottom line is whatever he's doing works because he's not a physically imposing guy but that's a bazooka that he has attached to his right shoulder. And, you know, he's throwing 95 miles an hour, uh, much like Carlos Rodon was the other night. Rodon was throwing 97 at the end of his start against the Indians on Friday night. Yep. And Bowers the same way. They don't lose their stuff. 
And then he's got the other pitches to beat you with, whether it's his changeup, his curveball, or his slider. He competes like the Dickens. He wants to be the ace. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You want these guys competing against each other. And, uh, you know, he's, he's fearless. And he proved last year he dominated the Yankees in game one of the division series. So he proved he can win when it counts. So I, I just think sometimes people don't look at how good a pitcher he is because of some of the other stuff that he's gotten maybe more recognition for. But, uh, you know, he may be not as quiet and reserved as Corey Kluber, but um, he certainly pitches like Corey Kluber. Tom, one of the great predictions I made before the season was uh, there's no way Jose Ramirez repeats what he did in 2017. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's been better. Uh, I feel like we don't know much about him, and he's one of the superstars. Uh, What kind of a guy is he? Yeah, can you imagine if Corey or if uh, excuse me, Jose Ramirez and Frankie Lindor played for the Yankees? Wow, um, you know it's it the amount of recognition and notoriety they had would get would be second to none. I don't think guys we know what their ceiling is because to your point, you wondered could he do what he did a year ago, and he's already surpassed it in home runs. He's about to surpass it in every other offensive category. And the thing, again, that kind of gets overlooked, he's leading the league in stolen bases, and he can be a gold-glove third baseman and a gold-glove second baseman if he ever plays that position on a full-time basis, like he did at times last year when Jason Kipnis was hurt. So with And he's 5'9", 180. And then you add the, that to uh, Francisco Lindor, who's certainly one of the young faces in the game of baseball, with his personality, his smile, and his talent level. I mean, the Indians, you don't want to ever compare because, first off, you have to let it play out. But Jim Tomey was honored here again last night by Chicago, and he'll be honored again in Cleveland next weekend. You know, back in the 90s when we had those teams, you didn't realize, excuse me, that, you know, Tomey and Ramirez were going to be Hall of Famers at that stage in their career. Manny Ramirez would be a Hall of Famer were it not for the PED um, situation. So um, you've got to let these guys play it out. You hope they stay healthy and have the longevity uh, to someday be in Cooperstown. But you know, you're looking at two MVP candidates that um, are as valuable to the Indians as any player is to any other team in the American League. Tom, I'm glad you mentioned Frankie Lindor because uh, Joe and I, we talk about that 2011 draft all the time. It's just an extraordinary first round, not to mention Mookie Betts in the fifth round. Yeah. And we talk about we talk about redrafting sometimes and, and who we would take. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got Betts and you've got Frankie Lindor and George Springer and Javi Baez and Jose Fernandez and on and on and on. I don't know that it's – Easy to look past Frankie Lindor as as a one one, even with what we know now. Uh, I'm sure the Mookie Betts people would argue. What what do we not know? Uh, to use Joe's question about Francisco Lindor, that probably most people should know. Boy, um, I should have done more prep for this guy. Sorry. No, you're doing <laughs> you're doing you're doing just fine. I mean, no, you, you watch, watching him from afar. It appears as though there's nothing he can't do on a baseball field, and well, it's and he's you know, just and he looks like he's having so much fun. It's a joy yes, to watch it. him play right the game. There. Right there, you just hit on it, and and I think that's the the thing for both Frankie and for Jose, their pure joy of playing the game of baseball. 
and how they don't take for granted that they're putting on a baseball uniform. And maybe it's their humble beginnings, you know, Jose being from the Dominican and, you know, um, like so many of those kids coming out of the Dominican Republic, this is their way out. They come from nothing and, you know, look what he's become. Francisco, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico and um, then at age 10, his dad feeling like, and talk about a smart dad, his dad going, you know what? I think you need to play against better competition and thus move to Orlando so he could play against better competition. There, there's a dad somebody ought to sign up as a scout if he saw that and his son at that kind of age. So, But they don't take it for granted. Maybe it's, you know, they haven't forgotten where they came from. You hope that's always the case. You know, people change. I hope they never do. But I, I, I think the pure joy that they play with, look, there are a lot of talented players in this game that get by on talent alone. And these guys are among the most talented in the game, but they play the game as hard as anybody. Um, they, they love playing it. They're not afraid to show their enthusiasm. And I think that's what we miss sometimes in our game. Look, everybody's personality is different, but there's nothing wrong letting people know how excited you are. When Francisco won the game the other night at our place against Minnesota with a walk-off home run, he looked like that 10-year-old little leaguer who is getting mobbed at home plate or what you see in the Little League World Series now. And it's like, boy, you don't want them to ever lose that, you know, it's a man's game, but you're still playing it like a little boy. And I think that's what makes these guys so refreshing and they really bring an energy. When, when those guys aren't getting on base, you know, you never look like you're an energetic ball club. But they just give this club a jolt of energy. Plus, the other thing I think, if you wanted to say what people don't know, is they could both go 0 for 4 and win the game for you with their glove or base running. Tom, uh, your joy for the game is also much appreciated, and we could continue to do this, but uh, it's a long way down to the clubhouse there, and you have to go do your job. So we will. <laughs> and we'll, I'm old. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll let you go. Uh, we'll catch up with you again, maybe even during the postseason. Who knows? Anytime, guys. I always enjoy being with you. You guys do a great job, and thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Tom. Tom. He's Tom Hamilton, the voice of the Indians, not the Indians' voice. He just convinced me. Indians ten to one still has value. Well, I, I you know I and I've I don't been think thinking this anything. for a while. Once they made that move for Hand and Simber, and we know how how they operate, and they have multiple aces. He's right. If they were in a major market, a top five market in this country, we would be talking about the Indians like we do the Yankees or the Red Sox. Well, I, and they have a walk to the postseason. I just I really don't understand why there's not more love for Francisco Lindor. I mean, well, I, I, mean, I, I think, you know, if I had to write down my vote right now for the AL MVP, it would probably be the guy playing next to him. I understand that. And he's having a phenomenal year. And uh, he'll be in it. Oh, I think I think Mookie Betts is going to win. That was your pick, by the way, before the season. It was. It was. And, 25. Uh, and uh, really? Yeah. Oof. Did not do it. Yeah, of course not. Uh, but he'll, you know, but J.D. Martinez will have something to say about that. And uh, so will Ramirez. But I, I love watching Francisco Lindor play the game. And I love middle infielders who are great at their position and who can also dominate offensively. I mean, the value there is incredible. You're right, really about, is- you're right about fun, though. And, and we got into a thing with uh, the Trout and Manfred stuff going on during the All-Star Week and not marketing the players. There's another guy. Yeah. You should be marketing him. Did he not? He, mo- 
What's the difference between him and Javi Baez? I mean, and, as far as having fun in the field, right, it's the same. Right, but he doesn't play for the Cubs in a right. big city. Exactly. And, and did he not also move to Florida like Javi Baez right. for the same reason? Didn't they play on the same team together? Or did they play against each other? Either way. Still, pretty. that's pretty small world, right? Very cool story. He's uh, he's a great player, and I love watching him play, and he just has such a good time. And uh, you're right. There's a lot of Javi Baez right there. There really is. When we come back, Joe, uh, that we have to finish up the Cubs conversation. There's people on hold who want to talk about the Cubs. We'll take your calls at 312-644-6767. There's a few White Sox things I want to get to right away, including Carlos Rodon. And uh, there's there's a couple questions I have to ask you, and if you can't answer them, I certainly won't be surprised. We'll do that next here. On <laughs> what hit, does that mean? On Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back in on Hit and Run on the Score. Joe Ostrowski, Barry Rosler with you until noon. Francisco Lindor leads the league in doubles. In runs scored, he's got an OPS plus of 146. Yeah. And he's a gold glove quality shortstop. Imagine him if he was the shortstop of the Yankees. That's such a good point by Tom. Oh, my Lord. Oh, it'd be in our faces. In wouldn't stop. It'd be worse than Aaron Judge, right? Oh, he'd be... Oh, Jeter 2.0, right? He'd be That's as, what they would say. He'd be as big a star as there is in the game. Outside, obviously, Mike Trout. He'd be as big a star as there is in the game. A Yankee, I, a Yankee shortstop doing what he does no, offensively and defensively? I think he'd be a bigger star than Mike Trout. Because it's New York? Because people see him every night. Be in Sunday Night Baseball every week. Crazy. This hour on the score is brought to you by Northwestern Football. The Wildcats have the best home schedule in the nation this fall, hosting Michigan, Notre Dame, and more at Ryan Field. Season and single-game tickets are on sale now at anysports.com. And he has fun, and he's fun to watch. And, I mean, it's he's he's got a lot of hobby bias in him. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by one ask duke Have you been injured at work or in an accident? Not sure who can help? Just ask Duke, Chicago's largest network of experienced physicians and personal injury attorneys. Call one 866 ask duke for the best injury guidance. That's one 866 duke should really read those before you look at them for the very first time. Uh, Carlos Rodon, Joe. Yeah. In his last six starts, averaging uh, more than seven innings, with uh, 36K against 19 walks, a whip of less than one, an ERA of uh, 127, and uh, is just just absolutely dominating. And he is holding his velocity. So, I mean, if there's any question about his health or you wonder about his health going forward, it, it shouldn't, you wouldn't think there's going to be one anytime soon, not when he's still throwing hard. I shouldn't say still. He's throwing harder late. Than he is early. It's a pretty good sign. Looks good. I've we started talking about it a month ago. We're spending a lot of time talking about Michael Kopech. I get it. He's the next big thing in your rotation. They have I think they have the race right now. Okay. So just watch continue to watch his development. And yeah, that is something we were talking about earlier, how short the list is of starters that go deep in games. And that's that's what's really exciting to me. 
he's not losing anything and he's going deep in games and he he could be he has everything if he could stay healthy that's the only question if he can stay healthy he can be a top 10 pitcher in this game no well, question if you, if you throw strikes you can you can be efficient right. with your pitch count correct yep and if you dominate you can go deep into games he's been he's been fun to watch and uh i mean we've talked an awful lot about their young pitchers and the ups and downs of of guys like uh, Lopez and uh, Gelato and 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 Covey and Fulmer and you name it, whoever they are, and the ups and downs and what young pitchers go through. Yeah, uh, Carlos Rodon has gone through a lot of those things already. Not that he's done going through them. I, I mean, I'm not telling you he's a finished product because I don't think he is. But you see what he's learned and what he's had the opportunity to learn over the last couple of years. And that's why I always talk about patience with young pitchers, because you don't know what guys are going to become. There were plenty of people giving up on Carlos Rodon, not just because of injuries, but because of ineffectiveness. When he had a couple of bad starts a month ago, people were already saying, you know, he's never going to be the guy. Look what you're getting right now. There's, you know, again, there's, there's, there will be more downs before there are more ups. I'm sure, but what you're seeing right now is pretty nice. And also, the other guy we've been talking about, Michael Kopech, yesterday, seven scoreless innings, and Jimenez with what another home run last night, Eli? Yeah. So is that um, twenty on the year total? Which brings me to my next point, Joe. Seven remains more than six, and I know that uh, Sox fans. Probably most of them would like to see both of those guys immediately. Wait, let, let, let me follow up before you continue. Yeah. Um, are, are you on that train for pitching? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Some, some people have different opinions when you're talking about position player versus a pitcher. Well, look, uh, arguing against my own interests, because I just said that being able to learn at the big league level is a big deal. And while there would be value in it, for Kopech to be here for the rest of this year, starting right now, it is not, in my world, more valuable than giving up an entire year of control. And even and people say, well, you're just going to sign him anyway, just like you did with Sale and Quintana and Eaton and, and Anderson. Whether you do or not, you're still starting the clock sooner. Okay? So it doesn't – that's irrelevant. For For what? Okay, what, what is the exactly. benefit going to outweigh? It? So you're saying you're sure that his development for the rest of this season would outweigh losing a year of control? I I, I can't be on board with that. I, right. I'm with you. Seven, seven. give me seven. Because yeah. if you feel that strongly, if you think he is, he's going to be what you project him to be. If you believe in yourself, you want seven. Yeah, and I I don't think it's going to happen. I know everybody thinks it's going to happen. I don't think these guys are coming here this year. I really either. I I really don't. Um, and and that's based on nothing more than my belief that Rick Hahn is going to do the right thing, and the right thing is not to pacify White Sox fans who want to see this, or pacify the players who would like to be here, or try to sell tickets. Those are not the right things to do. The right thing to do is what's right for the organization. You are in the fifth month of the second year of a rebuild that's probably going to take five years. So what is the purpose of it 
beyond, yeah, it'd be nice, be nice for Kopech, and it might help his development, but that development's going to happen one way or another. And it's probably, there's, there's going to be some rough times. Don't kid yourself. You've seen it. You've seen it with every single one of these young pitchers. And it's going to happen with Kopech. There are, there are so few exceptions to that. But the point is, but, it's normal. But my, yeah. my, my point is the right thing to do for the White Sox organization. And believe it or not, White Sox fans, it's the right thing for you. He's trying to do the right thing for you, which is build sustained success. That's what the that's what the right thing is. See, I don't even think there's a lot of pressure at this point. Now you got to oh, mi- you, you got to mid August, really? Yeah, I see it on Twitter, it's get, it's but get, I, I think the reality though, it's getting pretty loud. People want. I mean, there's look, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is hitting. He has an OPS for the <laughs> I year, I think, of thirteen hundred or something like yeah. that. And I don't know how long the. I mean, you should hear the screaming in Toronto. It's insane. Yeah, but this is a different situation. It is a different situation. But nevertheless, if they brought him up, it would be for what? What if the Blue Jays brought up Guerrero? For I, what? If, for what? If the Sox were to bring up Kopech or Eloy today, I would rip them. It'd be a bad decision. Bad. Well, you'd be in the minority. As I don't think as, so because the a, people screaming and banging the drum are screaming because they're not getting what they want. Vladdy has four homers in his last four games. It's like, how long has he been at AAA? Like, uh, like a month? He's just, it's like he's playing a different game. How's Tatis? Don't bring his name up. Yeah. Don't do that. Well, I mean, that's all the evidence you need that what they were doing before was wrong. With yes. Fernando Tatis yes, Jr. Yes. It's all the evidence you need. That what they were doing was wrong, but yeah, no, I I think it's I actually think it's pretty loud. That's the feeling I get, and okay. I certainly the pushback I got on a column that I wrote that Eli reposted this morning on seven being more than six. Sox fans mad, mad got a lot of pushback on that. It's nonsense. Uh, we don't want to hear that. I mean, it's all the same stuff we heard about Chris Bryant for for eight games. See, I hear eight games. I, I hear more of a split. That's interesting. Really? Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, I, because the people that are happy that they're going this route, they're not going to be vocal about it too. There's a little bit of that. That's true. You're probably right about. It. Well, that's usually the way it is. People who are angry yeah. speak up. Those who think it's fine, they don't say anything. I I do not uh, I do not think Rick Hahn will make the wrong call here. I think he'll do the right thing. It is his job. It is his responsibility. Think about that. It's his responsibility to do the right thing for the player, for the organization, for ownership, for the fans, but mostly for a program that is probably three years away from reaching where you know the, the point you want it to reach. It's his responsibility to make sure that in that window, which may not begin for another three years, that you're getting at that point as many years of Kopech and Jimenez is possible. Which is really when, when they start to dip into free agency. It shouldn't be next year at all. No. Be at least a couple of years away. But think about that. If he did that, yeah, there'd be some people really happy right now. But it would be an irresponsible thing to do, which is why I don't think he'll do it. And I think I think we're in the minority on that. I think most people believe you're going to see at least one, if not both of them, in the next couple of weeks. All right, we got to take a break, Joe. When we come back... I'll play you something that Chris Getz said uh, last week 
And uh, we got to get to some uh, tape from Jim Tomey last night as well. He said something really interesting while he was in the booth on the broadcast with uh, Steve Stone and Jason Benetti. And uh, there's some special, I'm told there's some special Mad Dog. It's PGA Championship week, so I was all about the Golf Channel. I didn't see any Mad Dog this week, but I'm told there's some special Mad Dog, so we'll hear that too. Here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Try this one, Grandpa. Not bad, kid. Where'd you get this? I made it myself from a tree near home. Wonder Boy. Put that on there? What does it mean? I made it a long time ago when I was a kid. I wanted it to be a very special battle. How about this? It's lightning bolt. The tree that I made it from was split open by lightning. I don't figure this. All those years and you never played organized baseball? Well, I sort of got sidetracked. That is, of course, from The Natural. And last night when Jim Tomey was in the booth with Steve Stone and Jason Benetti, if, uh, they stumbled upon this conversation regarding Tommy's early days in Cleveland and working with Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel is baseball. He truly loves his players. And it was all about Scranton, Pennsylvania, right? It was Scranton. Yes. Watch the movie The Natural. Is that right? Yeah, he called me in. And he said, hey, I, I think, have you seen what Roy Hobbs is doing? And he was just holding the bat out and getting this timing and rhythm. And that night, we actually went out. He put me on the plate. I was closed off, kind of dove into the plate, hit a lot of balls to left center. And when he turned my field around and got more rhythm into my swing, I think that's when the success started to happen. And what year was this? That was in 93. We were in Scranton the next day, so I tried it. Felt a little uncomfortable. But the opening of my hips, I think, is what really turned everything around. I no longer was closed off. Could always get hits to left field, center field. But when he opened me up, totally changed everything. Wow, that's wild. You're talking about uh, 612 home runs and a Hall of Famer. And Charlie Manuel (laughs) was pointing to Roy Hobbs, Robert Redford Hmm. in a movie and the way he was getting open fast and turning on the baseball. Because he was an opposite field guy, apparently. This is this is news to me. I had never heard this before. He was an opposite field guy. And he was close, so meaning it's nearly impossible then to open fast enough to pull the ball. Right. And, I, I mean, I j- I've never heard anything like that. That he saw something in a movie and... <laughs> and 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 notice wow. it and said, yeah, but I mean that's that's the beauty of that's the beauty of hitting and pitching is very much the same way. You can find little things. It's like your golf swing. You just wait, find wait. You, you find a little thing and you and you feel it and you go, that's it. Wait, there did, it is. You didn't see it on Fangraphs. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? I'm just asking. He didn't he didn't see it on there. It wasn't a Brian Kenny breakdown. It doesn't sound like it. Okay, not what it sounds like <laughs> back then. No. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's the value of a great hitting coach, too. Who, and, and hitting coaches, you know how it is. Some work good with players, some don't. Some, some guys find a rhythm with a guy, some don't. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hit and miss. 
And, you, and you're not going to hit with every player. No. It may work with this guy well, or no, that guy. No, because there's personalities involved, yeah. too, and some guys don't speak the same language. Sure. You know, they can't. Some guys are visual. Some guys got to hear it. Some guys got to see it on video. Some guys got to feel it in the box. You got to put me in the box. You got to move my feet for me, and you got to show me what you're talking about because I can't. You know, sometimes. Some guys want a lot of information. Some want zero. Some guys get overloaded. Yes, yes. Then they're thinking too much up there. Right, right. Some guys love the analytics. Some guys don't want to hear it. Some guys, you know, some guys don't want to know what pitch is coming. I talked to hitters who said, don't tell me, don't give me the signal from second base. Can you imagine that? I'm telling you what's coming. They didn't want to know because it absolutely ruined their entire routine. They were guest hitters. They wanted to feel the at-bat. They wanted to feel the count. They wanted to be able to feel the pitch. And now you're telling me, and, and it's, like, um, it's, it's like a caddy giving a guy a club and saying this is the right club. But if you don't believe it, then it's not going to work. you got to believe it. So, I mean, it, it, here's a guy who, who found something for Jim Tomey and turned him into a Hall of Famer. That's amazing. That's crazy stuff. Tomey also on the broadcast was talking about uh, having to face Randy Johnson and Chris Sale. He was so big on the mound, and I mean, as a left-handed hitter, you knew if you played, that was if you played that day or in spring training, like you were going to have your hands full with him from the time he, from pitch one to however long he was out there, and it was just his size and the fact he was wild. Chris Sale had that a little bit when he came up. I'll never forget a time I was with Minnesota and Maurer was hitting in front of me, and we're facing Sale. And Maurer either grounded out, struck out, or something. And so I asked Maurer, I said, hey, how was it? He goes, good luck. <laughs> That's a good one. That's like the famous, uh, the night Sandy Koufax threw a perfect game. Sano told me the story many times about how whoever was in front of him, I think it was Glenn Becker, struck out on three pitches or something like that. And as he's walking back to the dugout, after he looked terrible on three pitches, Sano said, uh, what's he got tonight? Beckert said, oh, he's got nothing. Did you just watch me? <laughs> um, so is this, uh, is this, is this uh, the Mad Dog stuff that I've been waiting mm-hmm. for that Eli's been promising me yeah, for I days and days? He's now? overselling it probably. This is the best he's ever oh, done. you better stop. I'm that's, not kidding. That's a big statement. Yeah. So he had Tim Anderson of the White Sox on his <laughs> on his show. Yes. And it was like, why would you have Tim Anderson out in the first place? Not saying that he's a terrible baseball player. Oh, no, but, but yeah. On the national show. <laughs> why? Of all the people that you could get, let's get Tim Anderson. I'm just, uh, first I need to, you got to walk me through this first. So his producer says we got to get a White Sox person on. I find that hard to believe. Um, does he say to his producer, oh, I've been trashing the White Sox. Can we get a White Sox person on? You think he said that? I don't know if. And the best part is, that, is he backs hold on, off I'm trying his to, previous claims. I'm talking, I'm trying to talk my way through this. I need an explanation as to why they were looking for a White Sox person. And if they were, that they wouldn't have Coppage. What does he call him? Does he call him Coppage? Coppage, whatever his name is. <laughs> and. Awesome. And uh, and Gelato, <laughs> why wouldn't you have one of those guys on? Or Rick Hahn or Chris Getz. I don't want to hear about uh, Gelato now. It's pitched a couple decent games well, in a row. Well, I have a suggestion. Because it took us three months to get Chris Getz, and we're in Chicago. What? 
What was the? I mean, I kind of need to know the reason for this. Sorry, Eli. What were you going to say? No, that's about it. It's, it's, they it's probably really contact the White Sox, get us somebody that said we can get you Tim Anderson. That's what usually happens with these things. Okay, so they have Tim Anderson on, which I don't know. You don't. I guess there's. I guess there's not a lot of choices. So they get Tim Anderson, and apparently it was a thing. A young team, and obviously, you know, you've been in a lot of games all year long, but a young team, how do you stay into it here now these last 45 games? I know you're a pro, but it's a 160-game season. Mm-hmm. Team's been sort of out of it for a while. Give me your thoughts here on how you're going to handle down the stretch as far as the White Sox go. Uh, just competing. You know, uh, Ricky's stressing on it a lot. And, uh, you know, we just got to go out and keep having fun and keep playing hard and, uh, you know, see what happens. I think we're heading in the right direction. I think you are too. I, I think this what? team is going to be in the right spot. Uh, do you uh, are you guys aware of the Cubs what? and what they're doing? You forget about them. You're the second team in town. How about dealing with that as far as the Cubbies are concerned in the South Side? Some thoughts there. Oh, uh, you know we don't worry about that. How about uh, that? You know we control what we can control, and that's uh, going out and competing every day. So uh, we don't listen to other noises. Why should you? Indeed. All right, now, as far as the um, team is concerned, Mercado, the, the young kid at second base, Abreu thought maybe he was going to be mm-hmm. traded. Uh, he stays, and Mercado's got to get better. you got to be his mentor. Oh, Give man. me some thoughts there for a sec. Oh, man, he's good. You know, he's a great teammate, a great player. <laughs> I did. Hold on. Eli oversold that whole thing. Uh, no, it's, it's appropriately bad. On, at every, no, but com- on, comparing it to what we've had this season. No, yeah, compared to his... As usual, Eli doesn't know what's funny. It's it's bizarre. What do you call him, Mikado? Multiple times. And did he say he was going to be traded? Did he say Mikado was maybe going to be traded? I Who's the traded thing was there, but... Mikado, the, the young kid at second base. What about him being traded? What what is he? What's that? What's he talking about? When was Mercado's he getting me? You got to be his mentor. Give me some thoughts there for a sec. <laughs> mentor? Just had his, sec- this is his second full season? He could barely walk and chew gum at the same time. He's going to mentor the rest of the infield? I don't even know what position he's going to play. He's been, he's been a lot better, by the way. Yes. For the record, he's been yes. a lot better in the field. He looks like a shortstop now. I'm not saying he's staying there. I'm just saying he looks like a shortstop. Who's your, but short, I'm, who's your shortstop? Who is it going to be? Yeah. If it's not him? Right. I don't know where. Um, Madrigal is probably going to play second, right? I would think. You can, I don't think you're going to put David Eckstein at short. Why not? You can win a World Series with David right. Eckstein. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> I'm, I need to. I I probably need to hear all of that again. Don't play it again, please. For the love of God, don't no. play it again. But I need, I need to hear. You really some, don't, though. I need to hear some of that. No, I mean, there's a lot of. All right, let's get back to uh, him. All of a sudden, praising the White Sox. They're on the right track. He likes the direction they're going. They've been in a lot of games. Wait a minute. Wasn't it just last month? Everything about it was wrong. Every single thing about it was wrong. It was a complete disaster. They're all bus. Yeah, they're all bus. They're all bus. Nothing's going right. They they've been rebuilding forever. All of a whole year and a half already. Let's let's, let's knock the White Sox a little bit. They went all in. That was a complete mess. That never worked out. They you know they made yes. Robertson and everybody else. They tried to sign. I agree. They expected to be bad. They're pathetic. <laughs> but now they're on the right track. 
a month later? Well, maybe they're somebody on the right explained track? it to him. Maybe they explained the whole re- rebuild, how it works. and Maybe he heard Kopich is doing well, and Gelato has been better at times. I don't know. But uh, Makata, uh, is that what he called him, Makata? Makata, the young kid at second base. Makato. Where was he going, though? Because I missed him being traded thing. Like, what was I that? I think he was just talking about trades in general with this team. You, I don't think he was necessarily talking because about Because he with, came in the trade? Right. Okay. I have a hard time following him sometimes. I'm also dumb, so it's hard for me. Yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> accurate. How many people do you know have been thrown out of a casino for falling asleep on a table in a sports book, face down in a bag? Well, it happens a, every night In there. a bag of Jack Tacos. But uh, your specific instance, <laughs> no. And, well, not only casino, a sports book. Like, usually they just let, leave you alone. The people are sleeping everywhere, especially in the wee hours. Yeah, you know how quiet it is at, like, yeah. 3 or 4 in the morning. There's awesome. nobody in the sports book. Yeah, it's a good it's place great. to go. Oh, you got your, you know, you got a good little table there. Sit. You're looking at your, you're looking at the sheets for the next day. You're looking at the lines. You're yeah. eating your tacos, and then you just pass out, face first, right in, right into the bag of tacos. It is getting an oppo taco like I've never seen the other. Night. Oh, can't stand Eric Burns. Listen, we told That's, him not to play that. I know, but he does whatever he wants. Apparently, again, like what, what he else. thinks is funny is just on another. By the way, so clarifying, he was talking about Abreu potentially being traded, not Moncada or okay, anything I, like that. I didn't hear the name Abreu. It doesn't mean he said You it. did? Yeah, it was in there. Okay. He said Abreu? Okay. Right. He might have said something different. I might have been laughing or calling him on all of a sudden loving the White Sox program, which is, which is impressive. That's an impressive turnaround in a short period of time. But I, you, you know when they got off the air, he said to his producer, whose idea was that? Who's, who's idea? Yeah. It happens. You know, I mean, it's he's ha- not a great interview. Yeah. But it's if ha- he thinks Giolito and Mogata kind of suck, maybe he thinks Tim Anderson is really good. Well, here, if, if you're going to rip on the socks, you just say, just stop with the Ron Kittle wood carvings. Nice moment for Jim <laughs> Tomey last night. You can find that picture on Twitter. Nice moment for Jim Tomey last night, throwing out the first pitch to his son. That's cool. Oh, man. And his son pulls out the pen, as all big leaguers do, <laughs> pulls the pen out of his pocket and signs the ball for yeah, his yeah. dad. You know how that works yes. on the first pitch? Very cool. A lot of people showed up for the, I guess it was also uh, Tomey Bobblehead was being handed out. But in the beginning, I don't know if people were arriving late. There are a lot of empty seats. Well, they waited till like seven fifteen, didn't they? Or six fifteen? Yeah, it back. It, the the ceremony. E- Eli, started, you were there, right? Right. It started at like six ten. Right. Wanted, wanted to give people a chance to get in their seats. And then Tobey's just talking. A lot of empty seats. Yo, congratulate Jerry Ridesdorf. Why are you everything. laughing? Eli has an odd sense of humor. A little unnecessary, I thought. Well, when you get in the Hall of Fame, Eli, you can give whatever speech you want at all of the ballparks that you've played in. Hey, well, between the three of Paul us, Canerco I didn't pulled out the baseball much. for Jerry. He, you guys are talking about having two different conversations right now. Yeah, what's what did he say? He's referencing what I said, but whatever. All right, um, Just, nobody. Go ahead. No, don't, 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 don't go down that road. Yeah, you know we. I I know we produce on the air here sometimes because this is really a professional show through and through. Uh, Eli, what's what's our? <laughs> do we have to break right here? We do. You know this. 
but you didn't type anything up. And the spots have been different every week, so I don't know what time you want to break. Usually you're waving your arms like a madman back there and screaming in my ear so I can't hear the caller who's this? asking us a question. What, 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 what is this? <laughs> I don't know. I had a better show at Columbia on 88.1 WCRX. I promise you. This is, this is a surprise <laughs> to you? How long have you been on this show? Three years too long. And you're surprised? Third and last. If you notice the trend, I missed two of the last three weeks. It's going to be every week soon. Listen, you may be the longest running partner I ever had. I think that's ac- is that accurate. I think I had Spiegel for three or three and a half, oh. something like that. Ooh, good good effort by him trying to make it another one. Three is the max. <sighs> nice try, Spiegs, but yeah, that's uh, that could be interpreted in many ways. But I think I know exactly how you meant it. We got to get to a break. Uh, Bart Winkler from Milwaukee coming up next. Is that a real name, Bart Winkler? It's a great radio name. He's coming up next right here on Hit and Run on the Score. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.